upon further review. Panther head coach Matt Rule began his virtual press conference by addressing some issues much larger than football. Hey, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well and, uh, you know, being safe with uh, the virus and all the things that are happening. So I hope you guys are all well. Um, I thought I'd, you know, just open up with a brief statement and feel compelled to, you know, sort of talk about, you know, sort of where things are right now. I know that I, like like so many of you, like so many other people across this, this great nation, are uh, I've been heartbroken and saddened at, at, at all the recent events um, in our society, um, the recent deaths of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and, and so much more. And so, um, you know, as I sit there at night and I watch the news with my kids, you know, um, you know, I'm 15 year old, I have a seven year old, I have a four year old about to turn five. It's really clear to me, you know, and I can't speak for other people. I can always only speak for me. But what's clear to me is that history will look back at where we stood in this time. You know, and I know that my kids, when little Leona's in, in college, you know, 16 years from now or whatever it is, 15 years from now, 14 years from now, they'll, they'll look back at this time and this place and they'll want to know where their father stood and where their mother stood. You know, our, our grandkids will want to know where we stood in this time. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a tremendous, that's a tremendous thing to think about. And I know what it means for me is that I, you know, I can't shy away from this moment and I don't think any of us can shy away from this moment. Uh, it is time for a fundamental change in our societies. It's time for a fundamental change in the way that we do things. And i certainly don't have all the answers, but I know as for me and for my house and for the way that I do things, it's, it's up to me to find every which way that I can have a fundamental change. It's, it's important that we make statements, but it's really important that that statements, that those statements lead to discourse, which eventually leads to action. And, um, you know, I, I can say for me, I've tried to be honest and open with the guys on our team and with, with my friends, with my family. And, you know, I think it's really important at this time that we engage and participate in this discussion on both times. When you're talking about something like racism, and I'm certainly no expert. I don't mean to pretend to have answers, but I'm, you know, I have this opportunity to share what I think. If you want to fix this, you can't fix it from one side. Uh, we need to have a discourse. And I know as a, as a white man, sometimes it can be daunting to talk about uh, issues like racism. And to be quite honest, you know, we can sometimes be fearful that if we say the wrong thing that we can, you know, uh, be seen the wrong, you know, be seen a way that we don't really feel it, but, but we have to step up, you know, we have to step up. I, you know, I, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, like, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan. And so many years ago, he, said, oh, he said, you know, he sang so eloquently, you know, the times they are a change. But you sit there and say, have they really? And if they haven't changed and they, it appears they have it when you turn on the news, then it's time for a change. And, you know, as white men, as white women, as white people, we might sometimes feel af afraid to participate in the discussion, but it's time for us to do so. And it, it, it's time for us also to do so by not telling uh, our black brothers and sisters uh, or, or people of any, any ethnic group, how, how they should feel. It's time for us to listen and it's time for us to empathize and in any which way that we can at, to, to engage and talk and, and, you know, and, and find ways for that discourse to someday lead to action. I think all so many of us know that like overt racism is easy to spot and we see it. We know that it's wrong. We know that it's hateful. And we say, hey, I don't feel that way. But what's gripping our country is, is, is systemic racism. And to me, it must be rooted out at every turn. And that's all of our jobs, to admit that, you know what, 
we, we do see color. We, we, do, we do see differences. To, to not sit there and say, hey, you know, we don't see that. It's there and our society needs all of us, all of us at every turn to find ways to root it out. And I think, you know, the first step, as I said, is discourse, is conversation, is listening, but all that has to someday lead to action. And uh, I'll say this, I'm, I'm proud of our team. I'm proud of, you know, the guys that uh, have gone out and have, have used their voices, have used their influence to try to make change. You know, not all of us as one single person, we can't always make this huge fundamental change, but we can make small change. And whether it's uh, guys in peaceful protests, whether it's guys out walking, whether it's guys turning to social media, whether it's guys out cleaning up the street, Reggie out cleaning up the streets of Louisville yesterday, um, I'm, I'm proud to be associated with those people. So, um, as I said, I, I never want to come across like I have all the answers because I have very few. But I do know that as for me and my house and the things that I would like to see myself move forward, I want to look back sometime and have my kids and my grandkids say, you know, my mom and dad, they were on the right side of history. And uh, it's, it's, it's time for a change. What has his message been to his players? On Friday, we were actually scheduled to have a, a guest speaker, um, have a kind of comedian come in. And, you know, I, I, I just addressed the team briefly. And just said, you know, it didn't feel like now was the time to get up there and start laughing and, and um, um, you, know, you know, those kinds of things. So, I, you know, I, I talked for a few minutes and I thought it was important also to talk about the issues. You know, and so I've, I've talked with the team several times um, about the issues. And when I say talk with them, you know, it's not, my, it's not my job to tell other people how to feel. You know, I think what I've done is just said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I feel. I want you guys all to know that I respect your voices. I, I want to have a team full of men that know that, that their purpose in life is not just to play football. And so when I look out and I see Shaq or I see Trey or I see Chris or I see Ian, I see those guys. I see, I see, I see um, um, Andre out, you know, joining protesters. I, I, I wanted them to know that I, I support them with whatever they do. And, you know, we don't always have to agree on little things on topics, you know what I mean? But we all have to understand that we're going to have different visions and different things, you know, mindsets but I want our guys to use their voices and um, I want them to know that they can always come to me with anything. And I want them to know that, that um, I certainly know that I'm not perfect, you know? And so I'm trying to figure this out as I think we're all trying to figure things out. Um, so that was, that's kind of been it. And then, you know, we have a player impact committee, you know, that's headed up by Chris Manhurts and, and Andre uh, and Smith, and they've done a lot of things in the past. Um, and, you know, we just, we just talked about that yesterday and just said, Hey, you know, if, if other guys want to get involved, whether it's now, whether it's in the future, we want to make that something that, um, you know, is run by the players. It's not run by the coaches, obviously, but, I, you know, we've, we've addressed that as well. So I think it's just been conversation and it's really just been being there for each other. You know, as I said, as a white, as a white man sitting there talking to, to, to Shaq, what's the best thing I can do? The best thing I can do is listen. You know, I, I can't understand w what it's like to be, to, to be, have racism pressed against me. I, I can try to understand, but I can't understand. The best I can do, though, is listen to guys who have dealt with it and allow, allow, allow me to understand where they're coming from so I can better understand what they're saying so I can make changes in my life. Has Coach Rule done anything personally to make his stance even more public? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always, everywhere I've been, I've always supported our players when they've decided to make uh, statements. And so, um, you know, you know, players making a statement in whatever way that they do it, whether it's with their, their voice, whether it's on social media. Um, to me, I, I, I've never had an issue with that. And so um, I don't know where people will move, turn moving forward. Um, you know, but, um, but as I move forward, I, I want to make sure our players understood that I'm going to, 
always support them. You know, they're, they're, when you make a statement, there's always a responsibility right behind that. And so I think, um, you know, that's why I'm very careful with the statements that I make. I think uh, we have really uh, great, great, great leaders on our team who are going to do things that mean something and do it the right way. Up next, a question about difficult conversations with his children as opposed to talking with his players. I think I talk to my kids on obviously a much different level with, you know, when I'm talking to my kids, I'm telling them this is how we think. You know, I, I don't tell players how, how to think. I just, when I talk to the players, I talk about this is where I'm coming from. I can't tell you where you're coming from, um, but this is where I'm coming from. And when I talk to my kids, I want to make sure they understand um, what this means. And when you talk to kids, they, they have a tendency just to ask, keep asking why. And that's what's the hard thing about this, right? I don't, I, I can't answer why. I can't say, you know, you know, why, why did this man die? Well, why, I, I can't answer that. But, uh, as, you know, as I said, I think what's important with my kids is that they understand that, hey, this is what our family believes. And, you know, I think all of us in this time, you know, I mean, we, we've been, you know, stay at home for, for months now. I mean, um, I've tried to use this as a time to improve myself, <laughs> you know, improve myself as a coach, improve myself as a father, improve myself as a husband and family man, as a son. I mean, there's so many things in my life that have been brought to light, um, improve my health. <laughs> you know, this is a time really for introspection because, you know, the day-to-day -day grind of going to work and has all been gone. And so a lot of things in, in my own personal life, I've been like, hey, I need to, I need to change this. I need to improve that. And so um, I think just being honest with my kids right now is an important thing. Leadership inside and outside of the team dynamic is not for everybody. Well, I think it takes courage to lead. It takes courage to act. You know, I mean, it's, you know, we talk about like being a leader in the locker room, you're being a football leader, you know, there's a lot of courage that goes with that, you know, because you have to be willing, you know, when you're a player, you have to be willing to um, know that, Hey, you're going to mess up at some point, you know? And so that's the hardest thing for players is they have, they sometimes don't want to be, you know, lead and tell other guys what to do because they know eventually they're going to make a mistake on the field and they don't, you know, and I think it takes tremendous courage to step out of your comfort zone and say, hey, guys, let's go this way. Let's go that way. So I think, you know, when guys um, do that off the field and whatever issues they have, whether it's battling, you know, the coronavirus, whether it's issues of racism, um, you know, defeating racism in our country, whatever the issues are that they, that they stand up for, you know, I think that takes courage. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, if I can go back to one thing I said, I really believe in, it's when players understand that football isn't their purpose in life. You know, it, it's their passion. It might be their gift, but you know, it, it's not, it's not their purpose. And so if they, if, when they understand that I'm a, I'm a coach, I love the coach, but it's not my purpose in life. And so when we understand that, then it makes things way bigger than it makes things way bigger than just, Hey, I got to just worry about football. So um, again, I'm just supporting every player that we have with whatever decisions they make not just right now in this instance, but in, in all the things that they decide to do in their lives, the foundations and organizations and, you know, community service, all the things that they do. Coach Rule's transition from college to pro coaching has happened during a unique, challenging time, not only in American life, but also global medical history. Well, it's certainly, um, there's no playbook for this time, you know, and it's, it's not like you can call up the other NFL head coaches and commiserate and say, hey, how are you guys handling this? You know, it's kind of a, you have to kind of figure it out on your own. So I think those were obviously have obviously all been challenges. Um, as you guys have heard me say, I think I've probably met 20 of the 90 players on our team. Um, as we've gone through like the draft, as we've gone through, even as you have to make roster decisions now, it's really hard to make informed decisions when you don't, you haven't even met the player. You know what I mean? Like you haven't seen, you know, where they are. So those things are all hard. Um, 
but I do think, you know, every development has two sides. The players have heard me say that a thousand times. And so, um, you know, I think this is an opportunity, just like I, I talked about to Elena's question, you know, for me as a, as a person to find things I can be better at, I think it's made us all better as coaches and as teachers. I think a lot of our players have learned really well virtually. Um, I think they've really bought it. You know, they, a lot of these guys are growing up with, a, uh, you know, with a lot of technology in their hands from a young age. So uh, getting different apps and, 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 and modalities to teach, I think, is really uh, is kind of down a lot of these guys' sweet spots. You know, it's how, it's how they communicate. So as coaches, you know, you got Coach Snow. He's adapted to this. And so maybe we're becoming better teachers. And then, you know, there's a lot of really experienced NFL head coaches, and they have a formula for success that they've been doing for a long time. And this has, um, this has sort of changed their paradigm as well. So all of us, you know, we're all on an even playing field as coaches in terms of figuring out how to manage this. Now, the biggest issue, obviously, is just I haven't met enough of the guys. I haven't seen them practice. I haven't seen them run. I don't know what kind of condition they're in. But, you know, that's why you, that's why you build a roster full of guys that you trust so that you know that they're out there working hard, you know, on their own, uh, staying in shape. So then we finally do come together. Um, hopefully all the teaching that we've done can – can come together with the uh, with the physical part. Ah, now a football question and a good one. Luke Keekley possibly joining the Panthers scouting department. Yeah, and that you know, obviously being in pro scouting, that would you know that that falls under Marty. Um, and uh, you know, I've I've uh, I've had um, a great relationship with Luke in the times that I've been around him. He, he's my neighbor, so that you know, sometimes I'm out walking and he'll he'll drive by and was you know, way to go do something. I'll see him. Um, but, you know, I, I, think it, I think it's great if, if it works out, you know, if, it, if it's what he wants to do. I know as any time a player gets done playing, they're trying to figure out, you know, what they want to do next. So if, if, uh, if it works out where, he, you know, he can be a, a pro scout. And obviously the pro side are the guys that are evaluating other NFL players. And they really are – their mission is twofold. You know, they, they're helping us build the roster by finding other guys that fit what we do. And they're also uh, uh, providing us advanced scouting each week on the opponent. And if, if there's someone that was built for that, it's probably Luke Keekley with his, you know, preparation and work. So, um, you know, I certainly hope it works out. I think Luke's a great, great, great person. Forget about who he was as a player, right? He's a great person that has a, tre- a tremendous mind for the game based upon the way that he played. Um, but, you know, he's got he's to figure out what's right for him. And, and, and uh, um, you know, since, since the very first day he told me, hey, I'm, uh, that he wasn't going to play. And my, my advice to him has always been, hey, do what's right for you. You know, this, uh, he's given a lot to – He's given a lot to Boston College, the Carolina Panthers, and the game of football, so I want to make sure he does what's right for him. Training camp 2020 will be in Charlotte. That's part of a league mandate that teams must rehearse at home. You know, yeah, so obviously that, that, that came out yesterday, so I know we're, we're putting together plans to, to, to host everything here. And obviously that relationship with Wofford is really important to us. And um, uh, obviously – that relationship with, you know, having a chance to go down to South Carolina and, 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 and go to the fans was really important with us. But obviously there's, there's some bigger issues here. So we look forward to that, you know, getting back to that, you know, hopefully next year. But I think as it stands now, you know, we're, we're in the planning stages now of, hey, how do we make it work here? Um, how do we, you know, how do we meet and be socially distanced while we meet? You know, do we, you know, do we meet in different parts of the stadium? You know, just what is what the practice is one thing, really the meetings, the locker rooms, all those things are a whole other. So. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're in the process of just trying to figure out how to make all those things work, to be quite honest with you. And Sean Padden's our, you know, my director, our director of football administration, or, you know, he's, he's a guy that, you know, figures out how to get things done. Eddie Levins, Mark Hart, uh, we just have, you know, uh, JD Rastai Green, just a, a bunch of great people 
that are trying to figure out the, all those things. And then in terms of practices, you know, I think as with anything, as we get closer to the time, more information will come out. Um, you know, the NFL maybe will give us some guidelines. Obviously, we can't practice. You know, we had planned to practice with another team. We can't do that. So, as I said earlier, I think my job is to be the most flexible head coach, and we have the most flexible staff we've ever had. But, um, you know, I don't know how you socially distance at football practice, and, and maybe they'll say this is how you have to do it. But, you know, in the locker room, in the meeting rooms, you know, we, certainly we have a whole stadium. We're fortunate that we actually, you know, work in our stadium, so there's a lot of room. Uh, we're in the process now of trying to figure out, you know, what do we need to buy? What do we need to do? How do we make this work? So it's a kind of a ongoing process. A new cornerback has recently been added, veteran Eli Apple. Well, Eli was a guy that we targeted going all the way back to, um, uh, back to free agency. And I'm glad that it eventually worked out. I think the thing about Eli is he has elite, elite traits. You know, he's 6'1", he's strong, he's 4'3". He has all the traits you know, to, 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 to be a great player. And, um, you know, our job now is to, is to put it all together with him. And um, I think his best football is ahead of him. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think that his talent and hopefully his approach will match well with the way that we do things, and the way that we want to play. And, um, you know, if it works out, I think between he and Dante Jackson and the rest of the guys we drafted and the rest of the guys we have on the roster, um, that, that could be a strength for us. So um, obviously haven't been around Eli yet, haven't had a chance to meet Eli yet, but um, uh, I liked talking with him. And as I said, I, I think his best football's ahead of him. And, you know, one of my goals as a head coach is to always have players say, hey, I played my best football under that staff. And I have so much confidence in Evan Cooper as our corners coach and Jason Simmons as our secondary coach slash passing game coordinator that uh, they know that they, they, they knew that Eli was a guy that they wanted. And so I, I feel like uh, we can have him play his best football under us. Circling back to where we began, Coach Rule stressed the importance of listening to his team. So what is he hearing them say? I, 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 hear, I hear my guys saying that there's an issue and that there's a problem and, um, and that it's deeply, deeply, deeply affecting them. And I, I hear my, you know, some of the guys on my staff are some of my best friends. And I hear them saying to me, um, coach, you, you have to understand, or even one of the players says to me, like the, the, the fear that I have of, of letting my son get in the car and go out somewhere. Um, you know, that's like, that's so hard as a, as a man, just as a man, as a father to hear. And, you know, um, I, I don't know that, you know, I, I don't have that fear necessarily. And so um, I think, I think all of us, I think law enforcement, I think society, I think everyone would say that, hey, this isn't right. <laughs> you know, that, that, that people have this fear. Um, African-American people, black people have this fear that we don't have. And so when, when, when I talked to Jeff Nixon, who him and I were high school teammates and have been best friends for a long time, and he's sending his son William off to college, when I talk to Frisman Jackson, when I talk to Evan Cooper, when I talk to, you know, Tahir Whitehead, who I knew when he was 18 years old and is now a father of four. Um, th those are things that, that affect me because nothing's more important in my, in my life than my kids. And so, you know, as I said, I don't have all the answers, um, but I think hearing that and then starting to say, okay, what, what, what can I do? What can we do? I think are the first steps. And I, I want to make sure I say this again. It just can't stop there, <laughs> you know, 
it has to it has to lead to action, which leads to change. And so you hope that, as I said, I hope you hope that it's time, and it's time for it's time for something to get started. That we look back in ten years when our kids are when I as I talked about our kids sitting in history classes when they look back, they talk about you know the change that came from this, not just the time that this was. So um, th- that would be the things that I hear the most. Now, a little housekeeping: When might players and coaches be allowed to come back to work at the stadium? You know, we know that the off-season program is scheduled to go to the 26th. What we know is this week is virtual and next week is vir- virtual. Then we'll, I'm sure we'll find out about the following two weeks. You know, are they allowed back in the building or certain guys allowed back in the building or, or are they, is it still virtual? So we'll plan on it being virtual and then adapt, you know, if, if we're, and be excited if they actually come back in. And then, you know, as we're scheduled right now, I think training camp's scheduled to start on like the 28th. Um, you know, you, you have the option to bring rookies in seven days early. Uh, quarterbacks and injured players five days early. I know some teams haven't done that in the past. We certainly will, will do that. Um, I think one of the great challenges, uh, Elena, this year will be to get guys practice ready, right? Like there's a certain level that you want to practice at, but you actually have to get guys to be practice ready. So it'll, it'll take a, you know, maybe even getting a couple days on the front end to make sure guys are in shape so that we don't pull hamstrings and those things will be really important. So, um, but so that, those are the dates we know now. And, and I know every day that something could change, you know, just, you know, and, and I, I appreciate that, and I don't, I don't complain about it. I just kind of deal with it. And lastly, what team-building challenges are the Panthers confronted with right now? It really presents three challenges to the team. You know, one is in terms of, like, you know, camaraderie and, you know, getting to know each other. The, one of the best parts about football is, is the locker room. <laughs> you know, um, you know we're, the time where we're talking about, you know, uh, racial divide and all those things. A locker room is just, you know, is, is such a great place where so many different people that play different positions, different sizes, different races from, you know, from the East, from the North, from the South, from the West, you know, all come together. So I think that camaraderie um, we're having to kind of build virtually. Um, I think, um, I think the second part is just, as I talked about, just making sure guys are in shape, you know, like just the injury factor. Now the great news is you go back and look at the lockout year and the injuries that year were, didn't really spike. Um, so I think, you know, sometimes maybe this rust will be good, but then the third thing is really just, you know, timing and, and throwing and catching the ball and all those things. Um, so I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to say that, you know, one of the hardest things about being a, a great football player or one of the hardest things about playing in a new system is, you know, you have to think. And so we're taking this time as coaches. I don't want to mail it in. I'm really challenging our coaches and our coaches are challenging themselves to, to teach the system. You know, I talk about the four levels of learning to our guys and, no, you know, trying to get to level four of mastery of the system, trying to get our guys to master the system so that when we do get together and the physical part starts, that we're in shape enough to prevent injuries and allow us to practice, that we can spend time together. But most importantly, that we don't have to spend a lot of time learning the system, right? That we can go out there and perfect our craft, not learn our craft. So these meetings, this virtual time, any extra work that guys do, I think it's all really, it's all really important for, you know, for them. And so, um, I think when you have to coach virtually, one thing, one of the things I'll say, you have to like really prepare the meeting, right? You have to prepare your PowerPoint or your cut up. And you'd like to think guys do that at other times, but you know, you're in meetings and you know, a 30 minute meeting when you got 10 guys in the room and has a tendency to go for 45 minutes and you know, you're kind of walking from here and commuting to here. And so here with us being in our homes, I think the level of detail in the PowerPoints and cut ups and meetings has greatly improved. And, um, so that's our plan. <laughs> that's the challenges, and that's our plan as we've attacked this, this offseason. Hey, Matt, I know you guys had some contact with Charlotte Motor Speedway and with NASCAR. One, 
being in the home of NASCAR, nice is it to, to have seen just some sports back, albeit NASCAR for you. And then also, did you learn anything that Charles Motor Speedway did in order for you guys to implement at your facilities, you know, the distancing or whatnot? Yeah, I, I haven't had any, I, I haven't been involved in those things. That would probably be Sean and Eddie and those guys. And I know, you know, Eddie's, um, Eddie Levins, who's, uh, who's been like really, and Mark Hart have been on the forefront of like all the different things that are out there in terms of, you know, from testing to cleaning to, you know, to distance. And so, you know, that really hasn't come across my necessarily desk yet. What I've been trying to do is just figure out, because, you know, when you start talking about, hey, we're going to have to distance or, hey, we're, we're going to, you know, have to test, it starts to affect schedules and those things. So I'm just trying to build out a lot of different templates of, hey, is this going to, is this going to work? Or, you know, is that, you know, how can I make this work? So I'm trying to stay in my lane right now, but uh, I know those guys are doing a great job with it. And before he disconnected with the conference call, Coach Rule stressed that he feels like the Carolina Panthers, even though they don't know each other that well yet, are a dedicated, enthusiastic, hardworking bunch. So that's your Matt Rule podcast thumbnail. I'm Mick Mixon reporting on the Carolina Panthers Podcast Network.